You're good. <laughs> but I'm officially off duty, so you can tell the rest of your little story to one of my colleagues. Salt. Yes. The name of the Russian agent is Salt. Evelyn Salt. My name is Evelyn Salt. Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I'm your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have Nick. Nick, welcome back to Hero Talk. All right. <clears throat> nice to be back. All right. And our topic today is Salt, an Oscar-nominated documentary about ocean fish. And that's not actually true. I'm just doing a little bit of shtick. It's what I do. No, our actual topic today is Salt. It's the Angelina Jolie spy thriller action movie from 2010. As always, listeners, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. We will not censor ourselves. Absolutely nothing is off the table. Everything is fair game. You've been warned. All right, so Nick, we talked last night very briefly. Uh, you mentioned what version of this you saw, which was uh, the director's cut, right? Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh, shoot, I don't know what cut I'm going to see. So I look at my Blu-ray, and it's got like three different versions on it. There's the theatrical, there's the director's cut, and there's the extended cut. And I, I've been in the in the watching movies business a long time, and I normally know that there's uh, almost minimal to no difference between all these cuts on just about any other DVD I've seen. And it's mostly true for this one, but I went to quickly read up on what the difference was, and it's like three different endings. And, and it's like did, Spy Clue, huh? Yeah, it was. And I'm like shaking my head. I'm like, oh, I have to watch all three of these endings. And then after I watched the ending, because I watched the director's cut, because that's the one you watched. Then I watched the ending to the theatrical version, and I was so confused about what happened there that I had to go back and watch another scene to figure some stuff out, to kind of get some context. And then I watched the extended cut, and I had to watch a couple of more scenes, and it was it was really uh, a giant pain. And I can't tell just from context which one was created first. Uh, the director said the extended cut was how it was originally intended, as much as you can have an originally intended for a movie that saw a major rewrite of the third act and the title character. <laughs> but... Uh, then he said the director's cut is like, he said, no producers, no input. That's how I wanted it. And then there was the theatrical cut, which was uh, just almost similar to the director's cut. So apparently he was very close to getting his way. But anyway, um, so I like the movie. Can can I just go ahead and spoil it now, Nick? Would that offend you if I did that? That would not offend me at all. It's kind of hard to talk about the movie at all when, when you know, it, the big spoilers start rolling in about halfway through. Yeah, they, they, they don't wait till the third act. Um, nope. I this is a movie I wanted to see for a long time because I I'm actually a fan of Angelina Jolie and I I prefer her in her action roles. I know she does a lot more dramatic roles these days, and I mean she's a fine enough actress. That's 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 great if that's what she wants to do. I like her in these action roles. I I like her in you know your Tomb Raiders, your Wanted's, your Salts. Those those are the sort of movies I like to see her in. Uh, so I just really wanted to see this movie. A nice action flick. She was the front. Um, I did think I was going to be able to step up here and once again say that the female part was not underwritten uh unfortunately yeah the female part was a little underwritten um salt is the only <laughs> female character in the entire movie uh if you don't count the uh the cia director that they call like for every few seconds in there i mean she's it she's the only woman in the movie other than like young salt i suppose and salt's or mom. the uh or the the mom of the guy of Alec who replaced uh, Lee Harvey Oswald to assassinate JFK. Yeah. I, 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 Although she didn't have a speaking role, so I don't know if right. you really count that. 
Yeah, I, I man. So, but anyway, I, I got to see Angelina do some action. I wanted to see it, but so I saw all the trailers and I was really hyped for it. And the trailers, they sell it as, you know, this is an American agent and she gets outed by a Russian agent, even though she's innocent. And so she spends the whole time trying to clear her name and you make it about halfway through the first, uh, second act, I should say, and it turns out all that was accurate. She actually is a Russian sleeper agent. Yeah. And at that point, I didn't, this wasn't the movie I wanted to see anymore. I, I, I kind of give the movie credit for trying something different and interesting, although I think this would have been far more, well, interesting and poignant, although also kind of fear-mongering if it actually came out during the Cold War. When there was a lot, it, it felt a lot more close to home that yeah. something like this might actually happen. But um, yeah, it's it's really hard to carry a narrative when the main point is how much can you trust or believe in the main character when the main character is the person you're following around the entire time? It's really hard to maintain questions about that character and still be compelling. Yes. Uh, so Otherwise, I it feels that, yeah. like you're unnecess- unnecessarily withholding information, which this movie does kind of feel guilty of at certain points. It does, at, at a certain, especially once you get to the uh, the third act. Now, the third act was completely rewritten, so I, let, let's give some backstory on this, because this is, this is relevant. Uh, so this was written by Kurt Wimmer, our old buddy from Equilibrium, and how many movies of his have we done here? I, I know there was, there was two of them there. Uh, Equilibrium and Ultraviolet. I don't think we've done any more yet. Huh. I thought we did another one that he'd done. But uh, there are a lot of fingerprints of Kurt Wimmer's. There, there's certain... It's. I don't think I quite have a good enough eye, at least not yet, to be able to describe it in better detail. But you can kind of pick up certain atmospheric bits, certain bits of intrigue that happen in Salt that, that are very similar to what we saw, particularly with Equilibrium and to a lesser extent with Ultraviolet. It yeah. does feel kind of Kurt Wimmery in that sense. Right. It's very much it, Kurt Wimmery. Try, <laughs> I, I love that description, be... by the way. Kurt Wimmery. That's, <laughs> have you wanted to put our review of this movie under quotes that you could put on the poster for Salt? Kurt Wimmery, I think, is what we would say. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Kind of that... Um, trying to do something really interesting it may not hit perfectly but it 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 uh doesn't insult your intelligence too bad for an action movie it's 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 smarter than most of your average action fare yeah i mean that's that's kurt wimmer's basically calling card is he likes to write action movies but he tries to write them a little smarter and sometimes he hits and sometimes he misses but uh at least he's trying and that's more than most writers can say and when he when he when he hits he hits beautifully and and, and some of these action sequences in this movie, I was a huge fan of. Uh, some of them are a little unnecessary, especially given some of the twists that we get in the third act. But um, Although I do have to say at this point with a lot of the action stuff, for a while I was thinking it seems like Salt's preferred method of travel is impacting herself onto something moving at a very different speed. <laughs> There's a bit where she just like jumps off a bridge onto a, an 18-wheeler. Yeah, it's like I don't think that would work like that. She jumps on. Oh, what is? Because she, after she, she jumps on onto tanker. an oil tanker after that. Yeah, she jumps onto something. Yeah, it definitely felt like she. That's, onto, that's how she uh, goes from place to place. <laughs> and uh, even at the end, like the last thing she does is jump out of a, a like full speed helicopter. Yeah, hits the water. It's like I'm pretty sure that would kill you. That depends on which version of the film you're watching. It's true. true. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in in just a bit. Yeah, I um I I do like what they tried to do with it. I Angelina Jolie was was 
absolutely perfect in it. Now, the part was originally written uh, for an Edwin Salt. Uh, it was a man uh, as the lead role. And uh, Tom Cruise was the guy they wanted for it. Hmm. Yeah. And I, and I guess part of the issue was is that Tom Cruise was kind of reading the script and thinking to himself, like, I'm basically I'm playing the exact same character I play from Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's uh, one theory I've seen. Yeah. So, but anyway, so it, it didn't it didn't work out with Tom Cruise. I don't know why. Uh, Tom, I I tried to leave a message for him to ask him, and he did not return my phone call. So, uh, if he does, I will edit in Tom Cruise's response into this point of the podcast right here. Yeah, he's not going to call me back. It's Tom Cruise. I didn't actually make the call either. I'm doing <laughs> stick again. Let's just I'm just going to call a spade a spade here, people. I'm I'm not going to pull your leg anymore. But uh, the one of the producers, I guess, really wanted to get Angelina Jolie in on a project, and so they. Basically, center the. It sounded like they centered the script as was, and said, "We want to rewrite the main character to be you." And and she was more than happy to be on board with it. They had to change a couple of things. She um and kind of astute of her, she decided it, the original main character had a wife and a kid. Mm-hmm. But she said we she wanted to get rid of the kid because she didn't. She found it to be a little odd how once the child was kidnapped, the spy would still do the hit and go through all the subterfuge. She she kind of felt like that was a little bit ne- neglectful of the child. Yeah, it well, a lot of the motion, motivations feel a bit weird because, I mean, she went through with the hit because her husband was kidnapped and she wanted to get her husband back. Mm-hmm. And she knew because uh, Orlov, I believe his name was, yes. pointed out that she was married. And that was making it explicitly clear that, to her at any rate, that they would kill her husband if she didn't comply with the order right so she felt compelled to do everything she could to Mm -hmm. perform the assassination she was assigned right um but uh it it almost i don't know it feels almost like the movie was giving people too much credit in in that it wasn't exactly pointed out what her motivations were they just felt muddled I don't there, know. I mean, there was a point, especially when you don't quite know she's a spy yet. Yeah, because that's, there's there's that's a point where thing, you're. Yeah. I'm I'm sitting there with Peabody, who is the uh, the counter uh, the counter intel guy who's trying to track her down uh, with her buddy Winter. I guess we need to go through the cast right after the sentence because I just started name dropping. Yeah. Um, and and he's just like, why is she doing this? Why would she run if she was innocent? And you, as the audience member who are following her along, are thinking like, yeah, why is she doing this? Why is she running? Why wouldn't she do any of this other stuff? Like she's declaring her innocence but she's acting awfully guilty yeah that's the, the and the only the only way they could sort of pull that offer is to have her continually say that they have to get her husband yeah and then i but i we're really we're skipping over the most important part here nick and and i cannot overstate this the dog was fine <laughs> she saved the dog got got the dog out of there before the cia and the flashbangs and she gave him to the neighbor kid uh so the dog's good to go i i really hope the neighbor kid actually knows her outside of <laughs> it of seemed all this, like she knew her yeah it seemed like it but if they didn't know each other before all of this that is an exceptionally creepy scene yes it it certainly yeah. changes the tone of that scene. <laughs> All right. So let, let's talk about the cast. Uh, so Evelyn Salt was the lead character played by Angelina Jolie. I, I don't think I need to introduce what other movies she's been in. I I think it's it's safe to say the Hero Talk audience knows who Angelina Jolie is. One would hope. I would I would hope. If you haven't, you should see some movies. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's another one she did. I actually really like that movie. Mm. That was a that was a that was a fun movie. Although I watched it in the service, and so it's it's a little weird when I watch a movie in the service because your entertainment options are so limited. I never know if it was really that. 
that good, or if it's just <laughs> that's the only movie I was going to see for that month. So any port in a storm, so they say. Yeah, so so it's hard to tell. But I the, the nice thing about them is that since there's such a heavy nostalgia value for that, then I can still watch it and enjoy it the same way. I just don't know if I would have under other circumstances. Yeah, and she she was also the uh, played the mother in that remake of the Thirteenth Warrior. What was it called? Uh, Beowulf. Yes, she did. That's right. She was in Beowulf. Oh, man. That movie was silly but awesome at the same time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, Ted Winter is is her, her buddy in the CIA, played by Liev Schreiber. Uh, he, he's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, Sabretooth immediately comes to mind. Yeah. X-Men Origins he, Wolverine. It's, it's strange. Like, I recognize him pretty handily, but I don't think I've actually seen him in anything other than, I'm not even sure, I'm. I don't think I've seen the X Men Origins. I don't know why. Yeah, just I just don't. Just don't. So well. I'm gonna. I'm gonna step in here for your sake and just don't watch X Men Origins Wolverine. Um, I've see, I on TV. I saw that sequence in the bathroom where he's discovering his claws, and it's it's terrible. Yeah, it's pretty bad. All and also, it's one of the worst renditions of Deadpool ever. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh. So, but hey, he got hit. Deadpool back. probably a subject of a future hero talk. Yeah. Let me think. What's uh Leaf Shriver been in? Um, he was in movie 43, which I don't recommend, but, uh, it's, it's one of those movies that everyone says it's terrible, but people feel compelled to watch it anyway. No, it is pretty bad. Um, let me think what else he's been in. Uh, he was in Scream 3. And 2. And was 1. It, was he in 2? I believe he's been in all of them. Huh. I, I didn't, I thought he was just in 3. I am way confused. All right. Well, anyway, he 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 was in in the screen movies. He's. I feel like I should know him from more stuff, given how yeah, popular he is. That's the uh, the same reaction I had there. Man, I'm I'm just I'm struggling, and I'm even popping over to his IMDb right now and see if I could just like very subtly slip one in. And I'm looking through like I don't I don't know any of these. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, you, just, so. you, you hear the name more often than you see him, and I guess when you see him, it leaves a big enough impression yeah. that you're like, yep, that's that's him. Well, you know what? As an actor, that says something for you. If people if people know you, even though they might not know what you've done or what you've played in, but they know you and they know the, the kind of weight that you carry. Uh, so next we're going to talk about, uh, I think it was Agent Peabody. Oh, we're not going to talk about how, uh, how, um, Leif Schreiber's character's name was a subtle giveaway. <laughs> Ted Winter. Yeah. Yeah. Teddy Bear in uh, the winter. Russian Bear. Yeah, he was another spy. Yeah, he was, he was another spy. That was the, the third act twist. In, in, in a twist that made his actions throughout the entire rest of the movie seem really weird and odd and out of place. I mean, given how much he was like, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that, we have to do this, oh, we can't do this. and was, Then you find out he was a spy the whole time. I'm like, wow, you made that harder than it really had to be. Well, he was the one trying to uh, call for leniency on Saul, trying to say it's like, I don't think she can't be doing this. She can't be a Russian agent. Yeah, I, I don't 100 percent know how he would know she was a Russian agent because he definitely seemed like he knew she was a Russian agent. I don't know if it was just because he picked up on, on Orlov's because the, the whole the, the whole scene that makes the movie, the one that was in all the trailers, was when Orlov walks into the CIA, wants to talk to somebody and talks to her. And then lucky he, him, he got salt. Yeah, it's yeah. The, one of the things that this movie hinges on that it's totally unclear is how are they communicating their orders to these sleeper agents? Right. I mean, obviously, they don't normally just go to their place of business and reveal, like, and that's, you know what? Here's the thing, Nick. Let's say your plan is to assassinate the Russian president at the vice president's funeral. Maybe that's your plan. If you do want to have that plan carry out, is your best course of action as the kickoff to this mission to expose the assassin you wanted to do it to the CIA? (laughs) 
<laughs> and then he's and then like afterwards he goes like, "Oh, I'm glad you made it." Like, yeah, it was actually super hard on account of the CIA was after me. Thanks for that. You know, it was. It just seemed like once you expose her like that, you're basically kind of counting on the fact that the hit's not going to happen. And then he seemed to be fairly convinced that the hit was still going to happen. Just because he had her husband, and well, you know what? You could have you could have told her in other ways that did not involve tipping off the entire CIA. And I I can't think that Winter being involved was was somehow still part of the plan. It just it just felt haphazard. Well, that's it, narratively speaking. I mean, the big hook for the movie was that you're going through the whole thing, and the audience have to be questioning if Salt is or is not a spy. And this kind of lead into it is necessary to be able to maintain. Uh, all of that questioning. Otherwise, it would just be a case of uh, she's either she is a spy and you're following what she's doing or she's a CIA agent and her husband's been kidnapped. And it isn't a question of if she is or is not a spy until much later when by the time the question comes up, you have to have the reveal. So if you're going to maintain this question, this doubting in the audience's mind, you you have to have some sort of clumsy or at least the way this story is structured, the only way you can get into it is to have that kind of a clumsy operation uh, for exposing or exposing her or uh, uh, distributing the orders or what have you. Yeah, it was pretty clumsy. I'll, I'll give it that. All right. So now I'm moving on to Peabody, uh, played by I, now. I've already messed up this guy's name once on Hero Talk, and so you would have thought I would have t- gone the extra mile and figured it out before I had to say nope. I did not. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is the best I can come up with. <laughs> Chiwetel, once again, I am deeply deeply sorry for how horribly I just butchered your name. Um, So I think for the Hero Talk audience, and not that I'm talking down to my audience or thinking that they're dumb, but the, the, the first thing I think of when I see him is Serenity. Oh, is he the agent in the movie? Yeah, he was the uh, the operative was the character's name ah. in the movie. But yeah, he was. Uh, that's immediately who I think of, and I think he I think he stole Serenity. I you know what he kind of did, but at the same time, I really wish he was. Uh, what's his name from the last episode of Firefly? Oh, uh, Jubal Early. Yeah, that was his <laughs> name, right? Jubal Early. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the best thing in the whole franchise. <laughs> Right. Well, well, didn't have a lot of competition because <laughs> uh, it was cut short. and Fox doesn't know what they're doing. Um, yeah. So he was the operative. I thought he stole. He, he stole it, and I, I liked him quite a bit in it. Even though I do not actually like the movie Serenity because washed eyes. Spoilers. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Man, now, obviously, we both knew that was coming, and I would hope by now a lot of people knew it was coming, but imagine if you had watched Firefly but not seen Serenity, and then you heard me say that. (laughs) How soul-crushing would that be for you right now out there in Hero Talk land? Ew, no, I don't like that. I'll I'll think of something else. Um, Who else was he? He was an American gangster, uh, which was... uh, Oh, who was in that? Uh, Denzel Washington, Eli, was in that. He was in 2012, which... Uh, was a decent movie. Twelve Years a Slave. He was uh, the lead in Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, nom- was he nominated for an Oscar? No, he wasn't. That was a big deal. He wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Uh, he's in The Martian, which I haven't seen, but I have on on Blu-ray. And he's going to be in the upcoming Doctor Strange movie. Hmm. Who's he going to be in Doctor Strange? Uh, Baron Mordo. 
I asked that, and I don't know Doctor Strange's character. So. Yeah, I just realized as I said that, like, huh? You know, I know who Doctor Strange is, and that's about the extent of my Doctor Strange knowledge. That, I, that that's, that's it. I, I've even I see I saw the animated movie, and I don't even know who any of these people are. <laughs> I just hope that we get to hear Benedict Cumberbatch talking like Doctor Orpheus from the Venture Brothers. I would love that, honestly. Uh, you could make a movie where he does that. That's not Doctor Strange, and I would think he's oh, see, this is who he's gonna play. This Baron Mordo looks strange no that's that's funky looking i do not like that role chewittle you need to back out of this he's like a poor man's race al ghoul it's mm. uh this is compelling radio right now for everybody actually what i was thinking is uh uh by our hero talk uh score rules the the rating for salt is dropping because we're spending a lot of time talking about other stuff <laughs> Yeah, although it makes for a better hero talk, so maybe that should that should keep the score up. But anyway, it's not like we're just talking about a lot of stuff. It was Chewittle Edge of Four. Again, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but he's been in a ton of stuff that I like. Um, uh, let me think. A bunch of other Russian people. So August uh, Dale, I think that's his name. Uh, and again, I am really, really sorry. He was... Uh, he was from Inglorious Bastards, and I hear Brad Pitt actually recommended him to play uh, Salt's husband in Salt. Because hmm. he knew him. Now, he played the... Um, how do I dis- I can't even remember the character's name. I'm trying to think how I describe the character. So remember when they were in that little bar, like the dive bar, and there was like a couple of German soldiers in there, and they had that whole conversation, and then all of a sudden some like German colonel walks around the corner? I actually haven't seen that movie yet, so... Oh, you should Sorry. see that movie. Is that is that on Netflix still? You should I don't see it. know. It's actually, it's, it's really, um, Major Hellstrom, I just looked it up. Uh, it's it's a really entertaining movie, and Brad Pitt's portrayal of Lieutenant Aldo Rain is probably among one of my favorite in all of cinema. Uh, a character who did not get enough screen time, and there was a lot of people in it. All right, uh, who else do I want to talk about? Uh, the president was Hunt Block. He's been in a lot of soap operas, and that's it. <laughs> Uh, that's all I want to talk about. Yeah, it's then it's just a whole bunch of Russian actors and no, they're Polish actors. Are they Polish? Well, I I know Orlov was paid, played by a Polish guy at any rate. No, I was I was referring to uh the the one I just looked up when I was really quick deciding if I was going to talk about any others was uh, sorry I I I looked up Olga Zevia and I it, it sounded like a Russian name but I'm realizing that there's absolutely no bio on her so I don't know if she's Russian or Polish or Ukrainian and you know I, the bottom line is is that I'm gonna screw up every single one of these names. If I even attempt to say them out loud, so we're just gonna roll and and we're gonna move on. So Nick, let's let's talk about these endings. Oh, okay. So so you and I saw the director's cut, which is kind of a downer of an ending. Yeah. I mean the so the director's cut it adds a voiceover at the end that was not in the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that's unique to the director's cut is that uh, Winter actually shoots the president. Yeah, I you know what when I was watching I was like, huh, that seems sudden and not exactly in keeping with most uh, action movie tropes. But at the same time, it was so reasonable in in Winter's position. It's like he's not getting cooperation from the president. Of course, he's going to shoot the president. Why would he even hesitate? Right, which makes it odd that in the theatrical release and in the extended cut, he just kind of pistol whips him. Like, after he's shot, everybody else in front of the president is going to leave <laughs> the president alive. It would, it yeah. would seem so strange. And but then, uh, and I, then, I, the, the only way you could yeah. explain that is, well, maybe actually murdering the president was a little farther than he wanted to go. <laughs> 
it just it seemed like because it really felt like his whole plan was to sort of let Salt take the fall, and he looks like the hero. But you can't yeah. do that if the president saw everything. Yeah. So yeah, so he he shoots the president in the director's cut, um, which ma- then makes it weird later when like the the agents do break in and he tries to play it straight and he's like, check on the president. They're like, we need a medic. Like, didn't homeboy's dead. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know what you think you're gonna do for the president right now. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, then you get that voiceover that that very very highly highly implies that the current president is another, another Russian plant. Because because you know when you do background checks, you don't actually compare someone's current fingerprints to their birth certificate. Well, I I don't know how many background checks they actually do for the presidency of the United States. And that's that <laughs> that's not a dig on any president's current or former. I'm just saying like I, I don't know if they really do that sort of stuff for presidents or not. Well, it just, it just seems like if you're going to be <laughs> There seems to be kind of a rash of kids who have lost their parents in Russia. Right. Now, to be fair, to be fair, for the CIA, yes, they do that level of scrutiny in terms of checking your fingerprints. And let's say, hypothetically speaking, any of these kids were registered when they were young with the missing child's uh, service, they would have a different set of fingerprints. And it just seems like that would... uh, Although I don't know how those work. I, I really I have no idea how the process might work. Uh it's very possible that they just run the fingerprints against whatever databases they have, and if you're not in there then they don't care. I don't know if they actually keep things on file or they check against like all the databases or just the, the criminal databases. I don't know. But and it just it was it's it's a it's a pretty big gamble that nobody's going to recognize the fingerprints are different. And then they have them memorize these factoids that just seem almost arbitrary. Yeah. When yeah. Salt was like, oh, I like going to this McDonald's, but I'm not going to want to go anymore because. Yeah. Like, how did you know that? Like what? She says, like, I like the McDonald's by the river. Like, well, what if she lived in Arizona? You know, I mean, well, not- I think the idea is that they had a whole bunch of uh, intel on the family that uh, they're having the kids replace. It also seems it, it's and I don't know how often this happens, but like you have all these kids whose parents died in Russia for some unknown reason, like Americans whose kids whose parents died in Russia so that the kid could during the Cold War, during the Cold War. So the kid could be replaced with a sleeper agent like it was it's that's it's really kind of iffy. Like I don't know if that would really work out as often as you have the kids for it. But I don't know, maybe they were planning sleeper agents all over the place. Although not in North Korea, because they did not play around. (laughs) That's another one of the weird things about this movie, is that apparently North Korea is the best at their security of anybody around. Because they they actually found away, And they're like, no, we know you're a spy. Although they thought she was an American spy, so they were a little off. Well, she was an American spy at the time. Yeah. Yeah, but they definitely... Now, what'd they make her drink? Was that gasoline? I, I got the impression that they were forcefully uh, making her drink water. The kind of thing where it's just like you're you're over-hydrating the subject, and oh. I don't know. It might yeah. be, it might not be. It doesn't I don't really know. matter. I, I am very proud to say that I'm actually not up-to-date on modern torture techniques. So it just seems like if it was if it was North Korea, they wouldn't like they wouldn't try to like walk the line the way we do. I shouldn't have said that uh, to the NSA, who's inevitably listening to this podcast. Uh, I apologize. And my country. And in no way would we ever torture anybody or use truth serum or I don't know. Is just truth serum a real thing. Is that just a movie thing? Uh, sort of. But it doesn't quite work like that, I think. I mean, sodium pentothal is a thing and it does stuff. All right, then. But I don't think it's going to be like... Thank you, Dr. Nick. I don't think it, it's like what happened in True Lies. Uh, 
Maybe it could be like what happened in Kill Bill, because that seemed more fun. Hmm. I don't remember that particular scene. No, it was, it was right at the very end when, when Bill shot her in the leg. But anyway, we are way off topic. All right, so let's talk about... Uh, you know what? Another thing I, I want... I, you know, I'm still having to finish with the ending. We got way <laughs> off topic on that. So the ending. We're all talking about the president getting shot. So, yeah, the president gets shot, and the voiceover says that... Oh, there, there's a, uh, the new president is, is visiting Russia, blah, blah, blah. First time he's been there since his parents died in a visit however long ago, which, of course, since the whole program is replacing American kits with sleeper agents is what heavily implies that the new president mm-hmm. is, in fact, another Russian sleeper agent. Right. Uh, and also, and this is the difference between the theatrical and the uh, the director's cut, is in the theatrical version, uh, when, when, uh, when Salt finds Mike, Mike's her husband by the way mm-hmm. uh he just gets shot very unceremonially just shot in the chest hmm. like the second she walks down the stairs she sees him and they just boom shoot him and then they all pull their guns on her and kind of wait to see what her reaction is and when she doesn't do anything she says convinced and then they say oh she's joined us um i i, I will have to give it to the director's cut on that one having to watch him drown it seems like a much more uh thorough test of loyalty <laughs> Right, yeah, that that I had to give it to the directors because I think they had to they had to change it because I think the the ratings board thought that was a little over the top and it was it was pretty dark to be honest. Oh yeah, I mean, it's she's... rough. But but I actually think it was done well because that was when you actually start getting some answers about what her loyalties are because up until that point you, they've been splicing in a bunch of flashbacks to. Uh, her past with her husband and when she's being forced to watch him drown and it zooms in on her face and you, you get the heartbeat sound effect yeah. going and you, you know, you know that she can't show it, but she's feeling it. Mm-hmm. There was some elegance to that presentation. That, that had to be done well. And I could not imagine Tom Cruise pulling off that scene with, with no lines, but just with facial expression as powerfully as Angelina Jolie did. Hmm. I'd be hard-pressed to think of any actor who could. I mean, maybe Denzel Washington. I mean, he's good. He's one of our finest working actors right now. Yeah. Um. I am not one to put anything beyond the range of Ed Norton. No, that's true. Ed Norton, but, uh, he's good at what he He still does. wouldn't have been right for this, this type of role. Oh, he would have been anyway. totally wrong. I think Angelina Jolie was perfect. I think this would have been totally wrong for, for Tom Cruise. I think she was absolutely perfect for this role. I just kind of wish that they had maybe developed it a little bit more. But neither here nor there. Um, so he, uh, he also drowns in the uh, extended cut. And so the extended cut completely replaces the last scene where after she chokes out Winter. Oh, spoiler, by the way, she chokes out Winter after they all get arrested. Because they gave her shackles that were they gave ludicrously her way too huge. long. You know what? They are so bad at shackling her in this movie. <laughs> like the first time, right after she conducts the quote unquote hit on the Russian president, but she actually just injects him with some venom. Uh, I saw that coming a mile away. I don't know. If oh, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're wondering why she's milking a spider for venom. By the way, yeah, her husband's uh, an arachnologist. Yes. Um, what then? Why is he fascinated with beetles? Like he names a spider after a beetle, and she asks him to get his spiders off the table. And there's a spider in a box, but also like a beetle on the table. Well, everybody's got to have a hobby. <laughs> I mean, spiders is work. You're right. I'm Sometimes a cartoon maker, not a murderer. He just you got to leave work at work, Nick. <laughs> so. When he's not dealing with spiders at work, when there's no downtime, he deals with beetles. <laughs> I, I don't know, but 
Anyway, anyway, uh, so yeah, she uses the the venom, and in the uh, extended cut, she she watches them drown again. Except there's a scene right in in the spill. The- this gets so confusing when you think of what the scenes that were shared or not. After she watches him die, and then she figures out what the plan's gonna be in the theatrical and in the director's cut. She then kills um what, Olaf. What's Orlov? his name? Sorry, Orlov. And then all the agents. She just kills them all, and then goes to meet wh- whoever the contact was. Mm-hmm. In the extended cut they cut it right as she takes the shot and they're they're implied to be still alive out there so that in the final scene after she gets the way too long shackles to choke winter which was just as bad as it would have broken her wrists the way she did it it really would have Um, although at least they finally shackled her behind her back this time unlike after the (laughs) hit when they put her hands in front yeah in the freaking police car which totally let her escape which I'm not entirely her, sure why she escaped. They put her in a police car with her hands in front. Not a police car that even has, like, the safety barrier between the front and the back seat. It was, like, just a regular four-door, you know, sedan. Yeah. <laughs> with a couple of guys on either side of her. And it's fair, I think it was an SUV, but... And it, you know, but still, the, 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 the purpose remains that she should have had her hands behind her back and in an actual, like, car that had a barrier and locked doors on the interior and something she could not have just escaped from like that. Probably shackled her leg because she's clearly very, very dangerous. Yeah, shackle the super assassin's legs. Yeah, not not the NYPD's finest hour. But still don't understand. So she she carries out the hit on the the current Russian president because there's a radical splinter uh, Soviet uh, agency hangers on trying to instigate conflict between Russia and the United States. So I guess they can take down the United States and then reinstall Soviet governance over Russia. Uh, through, you know, means. Yeah. But uh, she's doing it because she's being extorted by them having captured her husband, despite the fact that she was highly trained. Mm-hmm. Apparently, her husband being the one that managed to get her out of North Korea was what really uh, got her attached to him. Yeah. Um, But at that point, why? I mean, was she just compelled to escape to find Orlov to make sure that to, to see if she could actually save her husband's life? Uh, that's that's the only thing I can think of is she still needs to see Mike. Yeah. So, so the, the, the only explanation for any of her actions throughout the first half of the movie is that she is trying to save Mike's life. Right. And to be fair, you know, it, it's it's strange, but you can see that she actually doesn't kill anybody who isn't a Russian agent throughout the entire movie. No, it, it's very explicit in showing that she will not kill anyone who's just doing their job, mm-hmm. which is it's a little touch. I mean, but that's that's Kurt Wimmer through and through those yeah. those little touches. That's the kind of thing that he would immediately pick up on and write and, and make sure it was explicit in the script. Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of where he shines are those little touches like that. Like uh, the one bit when she was uh, going after the Russian president. Mm-hmm. And one uh, security guard was in a good position coming at her, and she takes one that she knocked out, fires a bullet through the knocked out guard's shoulder to slow down the bullet to shoot the one that's coming at her non-fatally. Yeah. I yeah, presume I, that's what she was doing, but... I presumed it was for the silencer effect. Mm. But either way, I mean, it was that, that that's the kind of thing that was very well done and very well written. 
Um, so, but she doesn't in the extended cut. She doesn't kill um, Orlov there. She does the hit, and so they take her to like some criminal hospital, and she pretends to take a cyanide capsule. And so when they take her to the emergency room because she's like convulsing, uh, it's it's just, it's a really weird scene in all because it it involves Peabody. She's like, we're trying to figure out what happened. The president says Winter started the bomb, but he doesn't know who shut it off. And, like you can't put two and two together at this point. They're Peabody. You gotta. I don't know. But she fakes, she fakes the cyanide capsule, she escapes, then she goes to like the, uh, the Russian mole school in, in Russia, sneaks up on Orlov, shoots him in the knees, and then like ties a rock around him and tosses him in a lake and watches him drown. Hmm. So, bit of a poetic ending there. Um, although I, I have to say that of all the endings, I probably like the director's cut the best. Uh, it's also one of the, it's the, the biggest sequel bait. Not that yeah. I think we're going to see a sequel at this point. It's been New. six years, but, uh, I don't know. The thing, it didn't do too bad at the box office. The budget was only like $110 million and it made almost 300. That's, hmm. I mean, that's not for, for as not well known as this movie is. That's a pretty decent chunk of money right there. Yeah. It's uh, I I can always tell whether or not a, a hero talk is on a popular movie or not when I tell somebody what I'm recording and the the next question is what so, <laughs> I was a little nervous about this one I'm like salt like what with with Angelina Jolie huh it's in 2010 remember she got she was a spy she's the CIA agent they said she's Russian she oh yeah so. Anyway, uh, so that was the main differences between the endings. So basically, the, the the key things, and I think there were some extra flashbacks in some of them, but the key thing was how Mike died depended on the version you watched, whether or not the president died depended on the version you watch, and then in the theatrical cut, she just escapes. In the director's cut, she escapes, and we find out that they, the replacement president is a spy. And in the third one, she then court, kills Orloff uh, poetically a uh, significant time later, rather than well, she did. Now this is completely impractical, but it's a movie, so I let it go. When she breaks the the vodka bottle over his head and stabs him with the shard, yeah, because vodka bottles are pretty strong, and if you smack him in the head <laughs> like that, it's it's not gonna break. Well, it probably still knock him out him, at least. Yeah, I mean, it, it would probably still kill him. If we're being perfectly honest, like the the end result would be the same. They just made it happen in a much more dramatic way than really. She honestly, and if if this was a a real vodka bottle, would have just been bludgeoning him to death with it. <laughs> Maybe is a since our initial reaction to that is laughter. Maybe is not the way you want to go because this is <laughs> yeah. this is there, right there after are, we saw Mike. Th- th- this is also a movie where we saw Angelina Jolie uh, traveling a lot by jumping onto speeding cars yes. from a standstill. So and she used her underwear to block a camera. Yeah. Oh yeah, and her improvised uh, rocket launcher. And and, she, and they, well, yeah, so they couldn't see her improvised. That rocket. was that was actually one thing that really bothered me when they were trying to lock down the CIA building and they were like closing security doors one by one. One by one, yeah. Uh, like, just, no, just shut them all. Shut them Apparently, all. the CIA has has worse security than a jewelry store. Yeah. You know, you yeah. gotta love those security camera uh, videos of someone trying to rob a jewelry store and the guy behind the counter just hits the button and the entire thing locks down and they're just stuck. Yeah, it, it felt like it felt like those '80s cartoons, like Inspector Gadget or GI Joe or something. Like you're in like you're in Doctor Claw's headquarters, and he hits the button, and like all the doors start slowly lowering, and you got to rush underneath them. Yeah, it, it felt like that same sort of deal. Like I would hope the CIA was better than that. One would hope. Yeah. Um. Uh, so anyway, so the the third act got completely rewritten. I've mentioned that a couple of times. The initial third act was supposed to be that. 
after the hit was complete, then then Salt, be it Edwin Salt in this case, would have then like done an assault on on Orlov's base and tried to take his kid back. And so what they did is they completely rewrote it to be this infiltration scene. Uh, and I think at one point they wanted it to be like Camp David or something like that, but they eventually chose the White House. Uh, so funny thing, there were a couple of uh, uses of CGI in the movie, and most of it was for set pieces. So uh, the White House itself was CGI because they did not have permission to film there. Mm. Uh, the ele- the uh, the big old elevator shaft she was in that was CGI. That's not a shocker. And now this this one surprised me. Her ridiculously long and impractical shackles right at the end that she uses to choke out Winter. Mm. CGI shackles. Strange. Probably so she doesn't actually kill Leaf Shriver. Or break her wrists. Or break her wrists, because that's... Yeah, I, if, I really if you wish jump over have... someone with your arms behind you and, and you know, yeah. the only thing stopping you is your wrists. Yeah, it would have maybe seemed a little better if they had her, like, actually holding the chain of the shackles. There was plenty of slack for her to do that. Yeah. And and she's she's hanging off the rail in such a clumsy way. Like, I I really would have liked to have seen her, like, just, just drop. Like, get his get it around his neck and just dead man drop like that. And then even maybe yeah. do, do the pull-up. And then a pull as a snap or something. Yeah, um, I'm doing the motions in my in my room right now, Nick. Can you see me doing these motions? Yes, I can. Yeah, that's that's going to be very helpful for the listening audience. The fact that I was <laughs> I was miming that out as I was describing it, but. I just, I think I would have liked that better than the way she did. It just, it was, it looked awkward. And in a movie where Angelina Jolie has been like, although I think her, her dropping down the uh, elevator shaft seemed a little weird. Is that just me? No, she, that was not just you. It, that's, uh, yeah. part of why it didn't really surprise me. You said that it was, uh, yeah, CGI. CG because there was a bit of, um, oddly enough, it looked a bit like, um, uh, Tom Cruise flying away from the explosion onto the train <laughs> and Mission Impossible. It's just Kinda something just, about it wasn't something about the physical motion yeah. quite look right. Because every, all the other executions for the stunts I thought were done very very well, but for like mm-hmm. this one, it just it seemed a little. I just couldn't help but think to myself, like, isn't there like an, a ladder or something you can slide down? And it felt like it took her too long to figure that out for herself. Mm. Uh, but like the drops were were very clearly somebody on a wire dropping yeah. on a stage somewhere and so that I, yeah i i also have to point out this the, the 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 actual security and construction of the bunker um now i'm hardly an expert in assault rifle munitions mm-hmm. but it would surprise me if uh like an m16 or other type of assault rifle could be used to drill through concrete like that i would imagine uh if you were trying to create like a safe bunker like that you would not want that to be in the design and mm-hmm. i yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily like I, the MythBusters would really have to tackle that one. I I couldn't say. I personally never tried to use an M16 or MP5 to try to drill through concrete. Um, <laughs> I have to imagine you'd get in some trouble for trying to pull that one off. I, I would imagine you'd wind up with a lot of ricochet shrapnel. Yeah, in your body. Yeah, that that would definitely not end well for the person trying to do it, in my opinion. But, you know, as long as we're talking about it, like, how slow does that door really have to shut? Apparently very. Does it need to be this excessively slow thing with a guy? Like, can't they just, like, it work like a regular door, like, shut it and then lock it? Like, bank vaults don't have to shut that that slowly. Why does... uh, 
I, mm, I'm frustrated. For dramatic purposes. I'm frustrated because it was one of those things where they're insulting my intelligence for the dramatic entrance. Yeah. And they left one person behind to guard the door and assumed everything. Yep. Oh my God, it's inverse bad guy logic. <laughs> well, they just presumed they just everything went according to plan. the door was going to close and lock. There's just an assassin go- looking for the president. Why do we really need to do this? <laughs> I'm just going to leave and assume everything's going according to plan. Yeah. So anyway, um, as long as we're talking about the movie, and I think we've kind of beaten the story to death a little bit here, uh, it did receive an Academy Award nomination for Best Sound Mixing. Interesting. Uh, lost to Inception, but... Yes. I mean, the sound mixing was good. Yeah, I I, I couldn't <laughs> complain about it, but... Uh, it, that's uh, one of those Inception ones. had a lot of, uh, particularly with the audio, and, right. uh, with uh, the soundtrack in particular, there was a lot of uh, interesting tricks in Inception. Yeah, I think it won a uh, a Saturn Award for best uh, I think action adventure is the, was the category. Hmm. Um, the deluxe unrated edition was like the best DVD special edition. I don't know. I have what are the Saturn Awards? Sci-fi, I believe. Is that sci-fi? sci-fi oh, so that's that's like a Teen Choice Award. <laughs> Speaking of which, it won two Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well then, I mean, I as I said, I I liked it. I I liked Angelina Jolie in it. I just kind of think that it was it's very to borrow the phrase, Kurt Wimmery. <laughs> it's uh, well, it's it's um, I, <laughs> to put it broadly, I would put it in between Equilibrium and Ultraviolet. Yeah, um, there's there has been some tr- attempt to make a sequel, but I mean, obviously, it's been six years now, so that's probably not happening. But Angelina Jolie said at one point that she'd do it if it if it all came together right, mm. you know, for whatever whatever that means. It obviously has not happened, and she's not hurting for work. So, wasn't she just in a movie just recently? Probably. I'm not sure what. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to the. Oh, never mind. The movie I am thinking of came out quite a while ago. The Tourist <laughs> came out the same year as this movie. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Did well, you whatever. Go wormhole. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um. But anyway, she's uh she was in Kung Fu Panda three. She played Tigress. Has she been in Tigress and all these? Is she really Tigress? Did I not know that? I don't know. I I actually have never seen a Kung Fu Panda movie. I don't 100% recommend them, but yeah, apparently she's in Kung Fu Panda. Um, and Maleficent got a sequel, so she'll be in that. So she's uh, not hurting for work. I hear she was very good in Maleficent. I, I did not see it. Neither have I. Although I think I own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> but I don't think that will be a hero talk. I mean, it it, 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 it does look like an interesting take on things, but I, I haven't seen it, it. It does. It's just, it's one of those movies that is, I, I think I like it better in theory, and I don't want to watch it and screw it up. But all right, anyway, uh, Nick, do you have anything else you want to talk about with salt? I don't think so. Uh, the, the main thing that I had to say was just that whole, you know, it's really difficult to have that kind of, uh, questioning your main character issue as the centerpiece for a movie. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was ambitious and it's smarter than most, like you said. And anytime I see Angelina Jolie doing action stuff, I'm going to be a fan. So I can't, I can't really get too upset by that. I, you know, I think one of the problems that this movie has, like you look at something like equal, you, you can say it's smarter than a lot of movies that are in its style or genre, but you could say that it's not smart. It's just smarter. And yeah. you look at Equilibrium, and and there's plenty of weird stuff, but you can look at it and say there's smart stuff about it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that might make it easier to accept the weirdness of Equilibrium against the the weirdness in Salt 
is salt feels much more grounded. It's it it it's presented as though it's something that could happen in our world, like right now. And at the same time, there's all these crazy things going on in it. Not just the action sequences, but I mean, like we said, you know, you, you there, there's a lot of leaps of logic that you have to make to be able to accept. Uh, yeah. that this Russian program could really succeed. I mean, mm. the, you know, North Korea would have to be so much more competent than other people. Um, not that they're necessarily incompetent, but I, I'm not sure they would be, um, you know, the one to find out your, your secret agent. Right. Um, the power of love would have to turn a brainwashed <laughs> Russian sleeper agent. Uh, well, hey, the power of love got got cleric um uh, what was his name oh uh uh preston. i don't remember his name christian bale from equilibrium yeah christian bale uh, preston is what's coming to my head and i think that's right but i don't know if that was the first or last name it's been a while and i'm not looking it up and i'm not editing this either we're just gonna stumble over it together in the final version of hero talk but yeah i mean the power of love is kind of the the one of the key factors if you're gonna wimmerize a movie is the power of love makes you overcome your brainwashing <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, you're, you're comparing it again to Equilibrium, and Equilibrium feels a lot more fantastical, a lot more just separated and like right. Hyper when you real. separate yourself from reality that much, you can get away with doing that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, here, exactly. I mean, she's very much implanted in our world, quote unquote. So for for something yeah. that's presented in a grounded way, it asks me to make too many. Uh, it asks me to suspend my disbelief a little too far. If you separated me from reality uh it would be easier to get me to go along for the ride and there was a bit of a uh, just this dissonance for me when i was watching it no i i can totally see that yeah i i get that all right um that being said i think are we are we i think we're finally done i think so i don't think this is going to be like other podcasts where we can just keep pointing out weird things for well, i mean because part of the issue with that is that we've we've basically pointed out what was weird but yeah. what was weird can be very succinctly said mm-hmm. and then once you get past that it's just a, a competent action movie yeah although i i, I will also say that um at least for me, naming a movie Salt actually, like, almost literally leaves a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> well, did you did you hear what the original title of the movie was supposed to be? No. So the original title of the movie was, uh, let me think if I can remember it. I wrote it down in my notes here somewhere. Hang on. This is, this is riveting. Looking through my notes. Um, the Far-Reaching Philosophy of Edwin A. Salt. That is terrible. Yeah. Uh, it was eventually shortened to Edwin A. Salt. So I'm I'm believing right now that, that this, the movie, the, the title we got is The Lesser of All Evils. Fair enough. I just why does the name gotta be Salt? I, I don't know. It's a it's a short name. It's a good strong American name. Do you know anyone named Salt? No. Yeah, and me neither. Well, I, I I know of more people named Pepper. I know a Dr. Pepper. There's Dr. Pepper, there's Sergeant Pepper, and in Star Fox, there's General Pepper. Yes. So if there's one thing I know about people named Pepper, they rise to prominent roles in their fields. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. All right. Uh, so now it's time on Hero Talk where we say what our favorite part of the movie was. And Nick, since you're the only other one here, <laughs> what was your favorite part of Salt? Um, A lot of it... Hmm. A lot of the movie just kind of blended together in the sense that, um, you know, the 
The intrigue bits, nothing in there really stood out. And uh, in the action bits, none of it really stood out. So I'm just going to have to go with what my mind gravitates towards. And I'm going to have to point out two separate bits of action. Okay. One was the bit we mentioned before where she is uh, performing the hit on the Russian president and manages to and, and does that bit where she fires the bullet through one person to hit another person. Right. Now, you know, we not entirely sure what the point was. We each had our own ideas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but uh, it it was memorable. Right. The other one was when she, after she kills Orlov and just decides to go sick house on everybody in that boat, uh, just casually chucking a couple of grenades down into the lower decks where she saw people before. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was a very powerful scene. Um, yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of some things too. I was I was thinking the White House infiltration, but then as I really started to think about how like kind of hokey it was and, and her makeup job was kind of weird. Eh, weird. And you had the Russian sleeper agent who for some reason still spoke with a Russian accent. Yeah. Despite <laughs> the fact that they were specifically brought up to not have Russian accents. I know, like they were they were taught English first so they would not have Russian accents and yet mm-hmm. he had a Russian accent because wanted to make sure that we understood he was a sleeper agent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um yeah, I think my favorite part of the movie was when she saved the dog. <laughs> Cuz I saw the dog and then I had that moment where I'm like, "Oh no. No you're not. No. No you're not. No you're not." And then she saves the dog. I'm like, "Oh, all right, we're good." And they didn't. All right, you didn't. All right, continue movie. I <laughs> I apologize. So, yeah, I think that was that was my favorite part of the movie. And and, and I suppose it it again goes to our perception of Liev Shriver where I want to like something he did in this movie more, but nothing really stuck out in my head. No, it really, it really didn't. I mean, it was. I will say though that when he turned, uh, I didn't see that coming. I actually, uh, unfortunately, had that spoiled for me oh. going into it. So I was, oh. I was just kind of waiting for it to happen. I kind of did it to myself, unfortunately. Oh, did you try to read up on it first? Yeah, I, I was on TV tropes trying to to get some idea of what I was getting into, and then I accidentally saw the thing because I had the spoiler. Uh, TV Tropes is a thing where it'll hide text that's in spoiler tags, but uh, I had it off, and I saw the thing. I'm like, oh, whoops. So I was kind of waiting for it to happen. Oh, well, that being the case, let me tell you that uh, if you didn't know that was going to happen, it did just come out of nowhere. Yeah. I I was... I remember thinking, like, hey, I'm qualified, give me a sidearm, and then all of a sudden he starts shooting, like, huh. But then, I mean, this is the problem with a movie that's had so many twists so far, is then my thought is, huh, well, I guess he was a sleeper agent, too. Mm-hmm. So that was, all right. Yeah, uh, it's, that, that is a good point, how when, when they've had this many twists, you get a little fatigued, and you're just like, yeah, I'm not even going to try to figure this out anymore. Yeah. Uh, just tell me what's happening. Yeah, there I, was, yeah exactly. You're just like, I, I right, will just, listen, just but I'm just kind of, I'm not really along for the ride with you. It's yeah. more like you're dragging me at this point. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not riding this ride anymore. All right, just tell me how it ends. It's even to the point where in the in the end of the helicopter with Peabody, I'm like, oh, I bet Peabody's a stupid spy too. Hmm. I'm, I'm still a little surprised he wasn't, honestly. Um, <laughs> I imagine there's got to be uh, some draft of the script where he was. <laughs> no, in fact, everybody was a Russian sleeper agent, and this was all an internal Russian power struggle that decapitated the United States government. Uh, I think maybe the only other way this could have ended if it was all just like some weird like Russian training sequence. <laughs> And nobody was actually who they said they were, and everyone was Are we going to go full Metal Gear Solid 2 on this? Yes. The Lee La Lu Lay Low. 
<laughs> Did I say that right? Lalilulelo. All right. Well, now we got to give this this movie a score. Uh, Nick, again, you're the only other one here. What, what would you score, Salt? Oh, my God. Once again, I know this is coming, and I've been trying to put thought into it, and I don't have much very good. Uh, well, this might be a stretch, but I'm going to give it Paddington Bear. Paddington Bear. That's fair. I also tried to think of something funny, but uh, it, it's really hard to. Like I said, they, the well, stuff, I mean, the weird like, stuff is very succinctly said, and, and it's, it's so action. massive and obvious and terrible that you yeah. just like blots out any good thoughts. Yeah. So the closest that uh, that I came to a, a funny review score is in Soviet Russia, salt shakes you. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than anything I came up with. Yeah. And again, for those of you who are confused by our scores, I would like to once again remind you on behalf of Hero Talk and my panel that review scores are dumb. They don't mean anything, and they're only there for people who don't want to actually hear the whole review. Um, Because what's four out of five compared to eight out of ten compared to four and a half stars? These, those are, they're all arbitrary, and they don't mean anything. Pretty so, much if you ever see a ranking system that's out of ten, don't pay attention to it. Yeah. Because, like, no one wants to give below a seven or above a nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're basically, you're giving it a whole range of stuff, but you're always going to default to, like, a four-star system. Yeah, it doesn't mean any... And then, <laughs> you ever seen this? Or, like, I've seen this on video games, are particularly guilty of this. Although it's been a while since I've read a view score for a game, because, again, I think they're dumb. But, like, so, this was a 9.5, and this game was a 9.3. Like, so how do you objectively rate what is point two? score units better between these two games <laughs> i mean that, it, that's why they're so ridiculous just is it a good game did you like it do you think other people will like it what kind of audience do you think would like it? is that so hard if if you have to give it a number it's i don't know all right I'm, I'm going off on a tangent about review scores but i think i need to do that every now and then so that new listeners of hero talk wonder why do they just not give it numbers why is he so against it that's why because they're, st- they're stupid and they don't mean <laughs> anything <laughs> All right. Well, Nick, thanks for joining me for Salt. No problem, man. All right. If you have a movie you'd like to see us review or hear us review, this is a podcast and it's not a visual medium. If you have a movie you'd like to hear us review, you can send your emails to HeroTalk at Enthusiacs.com. For more videos, podcasts, articles, including Behind the Line and Behind the Line Radio, gave you a plug. Yeah! You can head on over to Enthusiacs.com. You can check us out on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for Enthusiacs. And as always, I will see you right back here for the next Hero Talk. Thank you.